you miss Canty and Carlin? That was a, a much-needed win for the Cowboys, and give them credit for doing it, even though they blew the lead in the game. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, not to mention SiriusXM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Look, we, we talked about this the other day. Cowboys, if they're going to keep their season alive at all, need to try to just navigate some very choppy waters, and their defense was steering the ship yesterday because that's a phenomenal job and if you need 10 15 20 25 minutes chris to wax poetic on the best defensive player in the game mm-hmm. by all means go right ahead the yeah i mean michael yours. parsons is the best defensive player in the year in, in the league right now and i said this back in march carlin i'm glad that there are more people starting to come to the party because he what he did yesterday was absolutely dominate that game. It didn't matter who he was lined up against, whether it was Jonah Williams, whether it was Lyle Collins, whether it was tight ends and running backs trying to chip him. He found a way to be able to storm the pocket and create pressure. And if he wasn't setting up the sack, it was somebody else that was getting it. I mean, the guy had two sacks, five total quarterback hits in yesterday's game, Carlin. I did some research before this this show and just looked at some of the raw numbers for Micah Parsons through the first two games of this season – you're talking about a guy that has a 59% pass rush win rate, Carlin. For context, <laughs> Miles Garrett, who is top three, is at 43%. He's Von Miller, 60% Von Miller, who's the other guy in the top three, 46 This guy, Michael Parsons, 59% pass rush win rate. And guess what it goes to when he singled up one-on-one, Carlin? Micah Parsons, one-on-one pass rush situations. 75% pass rush win rate. Come on. He's winning three or four one-on-one pass rushes. Colin, he's the best defensive player in the league, and dare I say, the second coming of Lawrence Taylor. Through 18 games, he's got 17 sacks. That's the most in NFL history. That's how special this dude is, and we said it going into this game. If the Cowboys were going to have a chance at keeping their playoff hopes afloat while Dak Prescott was out because of injury, it was going to have to be the defense. Why? Because the best player on the team plays on the defensive side of the ball. That would be Micah Parsons. And if you hold the Cincinnati Bengals to 17 points and 3.8 yards per play, 254 total yards of offense, that is lights-out football. You hold a team to 17 points in today's NFL, you should win every single game. You absolutely should. And you you limit the Cincinnati Bengals. To 17 points. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive enough in and of itself. And we'll get to the Bengals' side of this uh, in a few minutes. But from the Cowboys' side, do you now start to feel a little bit more confident in your ability to salvage this season? Because I'm not going to buy in for a moment quite yet to the thought that the Cowboys are better than we thought they were last week. I don't think they're as atrocious as we thought they were last week, but they are somewhere in the middle. I'm I'm not jumping through hoops here when we've got a lot of uh, questions to be answered uh, when it comes to Cincinnati's offensive line, which is just non-existent right now. Ooh. And I don't want to take anything away from Parsons. That offensive line is bad. Uh, I heard Maurice Jones-Drew say this. Sometimes not all money is good money. And that is exactly what we're talking about with the Cincinnati Bengals because they have given up 13 sacks in two games. 
That looks like last year, except more expensive. Well, it's a completely rebuilt offensive line. I mean, they haven't let's had a use lot air quotes when we say rebuilt, shall we? Well, here's the thing. They haven't had a lot of time to play together, right? And an offensive line, more so than any other position group, needs chemistry and rapport in order to be effective at doing their jobs. So let, let's give them some time to figure it out. From a talent standpoint, they're better. And they were going against T.J. Watt last week and Micah Parsons yesterday. No doubt about it. Okay. So let's give them a little bit of grace with that. But that still doesn't take away from what Micah Parsons is because I saw him do what the, to the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. I saw the same exact thing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line. I mean, he absolutely ran over Tristan Wurst to get a sack, and then he put a hell of a spin move on Donovan Smith to get a sack against the Bucks. So, I mean, you're talking about four sacks through two games. This guy is an absolute game wrecker, and it's impossible to game plan or scheme for him, Carlin, just because you can put him in so many different places. You can line him up in the middle of your defense off the ball. You can put him on the edges of your defense. You can put him over the slot receiver. You can put Michael Parsons in so many different places, it makes it nearly impossible for an offensive coordinator to account for him through the scheme. That's why everybody on the offense has to know where number 11 is. The last time you said something about a player like that was number 56 for the New York Giants. Yeah, it's been a while, and he is dynamic. Here he is on proving everybody wrong. We've just been through so much as a team with injuries and one person going down, another person going down, and you know all the whispers, the Dallas Cowboys, this, the Dallas Cowboys, this. But, you know, we just bought into each other and said, you know, F what everybody else thinks. This is about us. And um, I think we came out here and proved that. And those words hold more weight when you go out and produce like Michael Parsons. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's guys that can say all of the right things in front of the camera, but if they play like crap, then nobody's going to care what they say. But when you ball like Michael Parsons does, and when you play in 100% of the snaps like he did yesterday, like those things matter in terms of when he speaks up Everybody else paying attention. This dude is setting a tone for what the Cowboys are going to be. And the other guy that we got to give a lot of big love to, Cooper Rush. Yeah, we do. We got to. And and look, when you look at what he did yesterday, that's all you need. That's it. That's all you need. 19 of 31, 235, one touchdown. To me, you could not draw up a better line for Cooper Rush to have in this situation than that stat line right there. And the start that he got out to. Because they were able to dictate the complexion of that game. The Bengals were playing catch-up the entire time. First drive, 12 plays, touchdown. Second drive, what was it, 8 plays, touchdown. That's how you draw it up, Carlin. We get the ball, we're going to score. That's what you want. And then the fact that Cooper Rush knows the system is what allowed him to have answers when the Cincinnati Bengals decided to bring pressure. Yesterday against the Blitz, Cooper Rush, 7 of 8 for 90 yards and a touchdown. That's what you're looking for, Carlin. I got a quarterback that can beat the blitz when you bring it. Am That's I, what we want. Am I overreacting, overstepping to think? And I, I I don't think, let me say suggest, suggest, because I don't think this will happen. That after the next two games, the Cowboys are going to be 3-1. and one. Not crazy. On the road at New York against the Giants and then Washington at home, who, by the way, dear God. Yeah, they're bad. That is bad. But, Carlin, we could live in a world where Dak Prescott is coming back and inheriting a team that sits atop the NFC East. Wow. Wow. I'm not saying there's, there's no quarterback controversy, but you do have a oh, competent, no. you do have no. a competent quarterback because last year when Cooper Rush started on the road in Minnesota, they won the damn game. This year, he gets his first start, they won the game. And not to mention, 
Cooper Rush made some nice throws at the end of that game to set up that go-ahead field goal, too. Yes, he did. He made some nice throws. The yes, one to CeeDee Lamb, that is a nice throw, Carlin. And, and look, Cooper Rush, here's what's interesting about it. There's no, there's no controversy, don't get me wrong, none whatsoever. Cooper Rush is not going to be a force multiplier. No. If other people do their jobs, Cooper Rush can navigate you through it. Yep. Dak needs to be the force multiplier when he's back because yeah. that's the only way the Cowboys are getting anywhere this year. I'm still very on the fence about them. But, but Carlin, you're still leaning in a negative can, direction. Carlin, and I can understand why you would be, but here's the thing. Jerry Jones says he expects Dak back in four games. We looked at the schedule. This was the game that we said was the least winnable. None of us had them winning this game. Nobody had them winning, especially with the Bengals having a disappointing regular season opener at home against the Steelers. Yep. We thought the Bengals were going to go into Dallas and blow the doors off them. That didn't happen. And a big part why that didn't happen is because the defense is so damn good. If you just get competent quarterback play, which Cooper Rush has shown the ability to be able to do, there's no reason to think that the Cowboys can't beat the Giants. There's no reason to think the Cowboys can't beat the Commanders. Yeah, the one last thing I'd, I'd throw in here, as good as the Cowboys' defense played, I do want to say, can can we get some quick passing plays for Joe Burrow? I mean, it, honestly. I mean, how, the guy's running for his life back They're going to get him hey, killed. Zach Stacy, honestly, give your offensive line and him a chance. You have Jamar Chase. Throw a couple of wide receiver screens and give them an opportunity, for Pete's sake. Get the ball out. Or turn around and give it to Joe Mixon. Oh, by the way, not a bad idea. <laughs> I'm just They're, they're going to get him killed, Carlin. They're going to get him killed. Uh, listen, I know it's 17-3. to 3. He's How? on pace for over 100 sacks this year. He's on pace to be sacked over 100 times. That's where we're at with Joe Burrow right now. <laughs> And what's unbelievable is, you know, Mixon gets 19 carries yesterday, and it still wasn't enough. Still wasn't enough. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on ESPN Plus, there there is one spot where a quarterback change in this league has to happen. Has to happen. Has to happen. Did I mention that we're presented by Progressive Insurance? Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Where does it have to happen? We'll tell you next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? 
don't know who that guy was, but he sounded damn good looking. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> the big fella on the call. And you and Loving I this it. week will be on Patriots Ravens up in New England. Oh, yeah. That'll, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward two, to that. Two one and one teams. Yep. And they don't like each other either. We'll have Devin McCourty on Wednesday to help preview that game, too, by the way. Yep. But let's get into this game from yesterday. It's Kansas and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Chris, I mean, uh, for the for the Steelers, it's pretty simple. Mitch Trubisky is is not giving them much of a chance. No, uh, there were opportunities yesterday with receivers open down the field, and he's just simply not seeing them. And it's not uh, all about the offensive line that hasn't been great. But I'll give you a perfect example. They had the ball, and tell me if I'm wrong here. I believe at the 18 yard line before the half, with a third and four, and Trubisky took. A sack that was what seven eight yard sack. Yeah, but it was Chris roll out uh, all the way, spin out, run and left, throw the ball away, throw the ball away, throw the ball away. Never did. Yeah, and it was like a you would have thought that was a first year quarterback making his first career start taking that sack. Well, Carlin, it was a three point sack, right? Yeah, that's what it comes down to. How many points did they lose by? Three points. Exactly. So yeah. those are the things that you can't afford to happen, and that's why you have a veteran like Mitch Trubisky starting over a guy like Kenny Pickett that showed a lot of promise in the preseason. And, Carlin, if Trubisky's not going to get it right in those situations, then why the hell am I not going with my young guy and letting him get on-the-job training? If I'm going to lose games, I can lose with the benefit of my young quarterback getting more experience. So as we get later into the season, this guy is ready to help us be more competitive and potentially make a push for a wild card spot. I just I don't understand the strategy behind it, but based on what we're hearing around Pittsburgh, based on what we heard the crowd doing yesterday, booing the hell out of the offense, I can't imagine it's going to be very long before we see Kenny Pickett as the starting quarterback. All right, so let's listen to Mike Tomlin yesterday after the game, and then 24 hours later, or less than 24 hours later today. First of all, here he is yesterday after the game about the offense maybe being too conservative. I don't know that we, we had that perspective. We just wanted to win possession downs, and I was really upfront about about that at the outset of the week. We knew it would be a possession down game, and you know we, we won some of those, but um, you know not enough splash, particularly in the weighty moments. Not enough splash. In other words, we're not making enough plays. Now, Chris, for some context here. Trubisky did not throw the ball down the field once until the very last drive of the first half. The very last drive. And when I say down the field, more than 15, 20 yards in the air. Yeah, and it ain't and, like he ain't got receivers to throw the ball to either. No, and he threw one to George Pickens, who caught it on the sideline. Big target. And then the next one, Deontay Johnson, almost the exact same play, almost caught it. And he, you know, had a couple of amazing catches yesterday. That's number one. Number two, how about this stat on Trubisky? In his four years in Chicago, do you know he only had 17 plays, 17 pass plays of 40 yards or more? That's four a year. Yeah. For a year. Not great, Bob. Not that you have to have 30, but four? Not great, so Bob. So here's Tomlin today about whether or not Trubisky is the guy that they're going to stick with. I've liked a lot from him, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I just think he's done a good job of doing the things that come with, comes with the position, the intangible things, the leadership things, the communication things, um, detailing and communicating the offense, working hard to execute our agenda, the things that we want to work on. You know, we hadn't scored enough points here the last couple of weeks, but um, that's a collective. 
It's a collective, but your quarter, your offensive coordinator is not distinguishing himself, but your quarterback is a big part of the problem. Now, I don't expect it. Sal and I talked about it yesterday. I did the game with Sal Pal. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it yesterday after the half because there was a lot of booing right before that half with that and sack right, And rightfully so. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Could they possibly do it? Well, game two is not a Mike Tomlin way to do it. But you're not going to do it this week with the short week Thursday night with the Browns. Probably not. But I could see it week four. With a little extra time, I could see it week four. I could too, Carlin. Think about this for context. In two games in the National Football League, you combine for 510 yards of total offense. For context, the Miami Dolphins yesterday had 547 yards of total offense. Wow. Just say it. Think about that. Think about that. You I never thought I'd say this, but Mitch Trubisky, you know, the key to solve it, or to, you know, the elixir that he needs is the Ravens defense. Carlin, <laughs> you averaged 4.2 yards per play and had 254 yards of total offense. No, excuse me, 243 yards of total offense. That coming off of a performance against the Bengals, we had 267 yards of total offense after your defense generated five turnovers. The offense is the problem. And guess who has the most influence or the most impact on the performance of your offense? The quarterback. So at some point, you're going to recognize the common denominator being Mitch Trubisky and also acknowledge that you have a better alternative in Kenny Pickett. I've already figured it out. I'm just waiting for the people in the Pittsburgh Steelers building to figure it out. Having all, having said all of that, they let a drive. By the way, they went up tempo, and what do you know? It actually started to get into a groove. They lead a drive. They get a touchdown on the first play of the fourth quarter to make it uh, a three-point game mm-hmm. with the two-point conversion. Their next two possessions, Chris, three and outs. Three and outs, yep. And what happened? Well, what do you know? Their defense is on the field a lot, and the Patriots hold the football for the last six and a half minutes of the game. And how did they hold the football? By running it down their throats. Yep. They ran it down their throats. With that, Harris and Sir I Ramondre never Stevenson. thought I'd say this, Carlin, but at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, the New England Patriots were by far the more physical of the two teams. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That was very clear yesterday. And in Pittsburgh, this is, this is a problem. Yes. And, and they're going to need a spark sooner rather than later. One last thing. I know I said one last thing before. <laughs> I do tend to give coaches the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the quarterbacks because the one thing that we, and I'll include myself in this as being a fan of that team, that we sometimes lose sight of is there is a reason that the guy that does not look like he's very good is out there. And usually it is the other guy's worse or the other guy is not ready. I don't think that's the that's case That's not here. the case. Here's the deal. No, no, no. I'm just saying in this case, that's not the That's case. not the case. And here's the thing, Carlin. You can't pull the plug on Kenny Pickett. Once you make the change exactly. from Trubisky, Kenny yeah. Pickett is going to be your Unless guy. Unless it's and a that's why they want to watch after a couple of rough games. That's it. And, that, and that's why they want to be absolutely certain before they do, which is why Mitch Trubisky is getting more rope than he probably deserves. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. So it was uh, one of the not-so-great things that you would have seen yesterday. You might even call it a bottom five thing that you would have seen yesterday. I don't know. I can't speak for anybody else in the room who's in charge of the bottom five things that you saw. (laughs) But what we are in charge of on this microphone over here is the top five things that we saw in week two of the NFL. That's right. Mr. Positivity has got it all for you. That is on the way next. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You miss Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. When you need to feel good, when you need just some positivity in your life, there is one place you turn. And the that, Raven Secondary? <laughs> there are two places you okay. turn. <laughs> okay. Hell no. <laughs> That's one of them. And the other is, of course, me, which are two answers that would come right to your mind immediately, gotcha. right? Yes, absolutely. So, Canty and I, each week, we'll have the top five and bottom five from the league that we saw in that particular week. And you're in the penthouse this week, right? I am in the penthouse this week. The top five things I saw in the NFL this week. Here's Carlin with the top five. That's right, baby. We've got it for you. As quick as that was. Oh, I love the NFL music. I know, this let, is let like the Christmassy breathe. NFL music. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. This is one of my favorites. Number five, how about Trevor Lawrence? Give it up for Trevor Lawrence. That was outstanding. 25 out of 30. Look, they don't jump off the page, but 25 out of 30 does. 235 yards, two touchdowns. You know what he looks? Comfortable. He looks like he and Doug Peterson are on the same page. And he looks, dare I say, a bit happier this year. And I... I've been a big Trevor Lawrence guy, as America basically was prior to the draft. But since then, we haven't seen a whole lot. Good for him. That was number five. Number four. Number four, Lamar Jackson. And the only reason it's number four is because of what happened to the Ravens the rest of the way. But, Chris, I picked him for MVP this year. And he may have to do it considering how bad that defense was yesterday. 318 yards, three touchdowns, and he rushes for 119 yards. And a touchdown as well. But keep this in mind. He is the first quarterback in NFL history that ran for a 75-yard touchdown and threw a 75-yard touchdown in the same game. 75 yards or more. Yeah. Did you see the wheels? Adding yeah. that 20 pounds this offseason didn't, hurt him. didn't slow him down. Just <laughs> saying. Not one bit. Number three. Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets. What? Could it be the New York Jets actually have a number one receiver? What? Am I, am I jumping too soon to that. Mike Greenberg this morning called him the best receiver the Jets have ever had. All right. Maybe I'm not the one who's jumping too soon. However, I will say that in college, he was a dynamic playmaker. And yesterday, eight catches. That's the number that jumps out to be more than the 102. Eight catches, two touchdowns, including the one that ultimately won the game. 
Good on you, Garrett Wilson. Number two. Number two, Aiden Hutchinson. Hello. Number one overall pick with three sacks on the afternoon. And it was good to see. And here's what I love about Aiden Hutchinson. When is the last time you could honestly say a player wanted to be a Detroit Lion? This guy wanted to be there, and that was an inferior team coming in yesterday. And the Lions, even though it got interesting, took care of him. And a big reason why was Aiden Hutchinson sacking Carson Wentz three times. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson looked like a guy with one arm and one ass cheek, but he's still going to get after him. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> What Dan Campbell said. I think I just need to. I, I I had forgotten that, and I think I need to reframe it because maybe that's number one just with that. Now, having said all of that, I I gave you uh, all of your applause earlier and all of your due. Congratulations to an on to a nation. We did it. We did it. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. 469 yards and six touchdowns. I'll tell you what. It is impressive. It is so impressive when you can do something that Matt Schaub did twice in his career. And that's throw for over 469 yards. What a job. Six touchdowns, too. I think Matt Schaub did that, too. So did a lot of other guys who were also Rams. But, hey, on this day, it's your day. Because the Ravens decided to give you your day. With all those open receivers, Tua Tungavailoa. Yes, you are number one in my book for at least these three and a half minutes. Is there a more polarizing player in the National Football League than Tua? Like, I don't know if there are, there are that many things in the American landscape, in our culture, oh, no, in, there our are plenty in our culture and society. I don't know, Carlin. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like... I feel like two, 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 two is right there. Left side of the aisle, right side of the aisle. Which side are you on when it comes to two attack of our Lord? Because I don't know. Yeah, I it don't just, know. It just feels like one of those things. Like you say two and on, but seriously, it's like you have people that buy into Tua and they believe in him no matter what happens. And then there are the folks that try to be so, so, more sober-minded. And then there's the other end of that that think he's a bust. Like I just, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But yesterday's performance gave life, gave voice to all of those people that have been advocates for Tua and saying, this is the evidence that we've been waiting on. We told you Tua could do it. He finally went out there and did it. Never mind the busted coverages that the secondary for the Baltimore Ravens had. It's all about Tua because he's so great, which is why he was able to have six touchdown passes and lead a comeback being down 21 in the fourth quarter. Look, there are plenty of times that, Quarterbacks don't hit open receivers, i.e. Mitch Trubisky yesterday. So let's give them the credit. But they don't for get, hitting the they receivers. don't get more open no. than, than, than Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. They were running butt naked in the Baltimore Ravens secondary. Yeah, they don't get more open than that. No. So you better hit them. Yeah, I mean, Carlin, you should be able to hit those guys. You should. Well, that, I mean, that's how open they were. So yeah. we give credit to Mike McDaniel. We give credit to Tua for making the right read and seeing those guys. But I mean. That's competent quarterback play. That's not above and beyond quarterback play. Let's be clear about something. What we saw from Tua yesterday was not what we saw from Pat Mahomes week one against the Arizona Cardinals defense. Can we admit that? Can we say that, Carlin? Mm -hmm. It's not the same, okay? It's not the same. It's not what we see from Justin Herbert through the first couple of weeks. It's not the same. Tua is not that kind of quarterback. 
And as soon as Dolphins fans accept that, we can have a legitimate conversation about what the expectation should be for Tua and this Dolphins team moving forward. So once again, congratulations on celebrating the achievement of something only the likes of, oh, I don't know, Jared Goff, uh, maybe Matt Schaub, maybe Jake Plummer, Elvis Gerback. Car- Carlin, Carlin, can I say this? Two or three for six touchdown passes yesterday. So did Tommy Kramer. No, no, let me say this. There was no doubt in my mind who the better quarterback on the field was yesterday, and it wasn't Tua. Oh, it wasn't close. But that's my point. Uh, it wasn't that, close. That, that's my, but that's my point. That's my point. I mean, right now, today, Listen. if you're ranking the quarterbacks in the AFC, and I know we got it, we're up against the break, but if you're ranking the quarterbacks in the conference, where is Tua? Seventh at best? At best? That's not even disrespectful. That's, that's just Carlin, at best, where he ranks in the conference. Are you taking two over Josh Allen? I, I, are we really doing this? I'm asking a question. Are you taking him over Josh Allen? No. Are you taking him over Pat Mahomes? No. Are you taking him over Justin Herbert? No. Are you taking him over Lamar Jackson? No. Are you taking him over Deshaun Watson? No. Are you taking him over Russell Wilson? No. Okay. No. There you go. No. He's like. Are you an... taking him over Joe Burrow? No. Okay. He's like an. He's like, he's the, like at best he's seven. He's, I'll say seven. He's the left-handed Kyle Orton. He's Lyle Orton. That's what he is. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Hey, there were a couple of interesting moments. One just absolutely awesome over the weekend. Boone, North Carolina, which we were talking about last week, had college game day there. And they did a phenomenal job of hosting college game they day. They really did. Yeah. They really it, it did. It looked awesome. And they were into it. They were there early in the morning. You saw the signs. It was it was great. It was a great environment. As good as you could ask for when App State is playing Troy. Our producer on Rutgers back in the studios goes to App State. And he went to. He got up at two in the morning and went, mm-hmm. and said it was absolutely amazing all night. And it wasn't just because people were, you know, had a few in them. Yeah, it was just an amazing atmosphere. Yeah, and then to have the game end like this. Three man rush. Chase going to step up in the pocket, sets, throws high into the air. It's up for grabs. It is juggle. <laughs> Uh, Don't you just love when the color guy steps all over the play-by-play guy? (laughs) (laughs) Like, he couldn't even contain his excitement. That was was awesome. It was a great play, too, by the way. That was absolutely nuts. Little tip drill action, falls to the receiver, he scabbers in 15 yards for a touchdown. That was was unbelievable. That's the App State Radio Network uh, from Learfield, and they did a – 
you know, to have that kind of a week where you go on the road and you beat Texas A&M, all of America's watching you Saturday morning, and then to have you win a game like that against Troy, I mean, that was, you feel great for them. It was a great You do moment. feel great for them, but the fact is you did need that play to win a game against yes. Troy. Yes, you did. Yeah, so yes, keep that in its proper perspective. Yeah. Yes, yeah. No shade. It's just what it is. Look who's the wet towel today. <laughs> the wet I'm not blanket. a wet towel. I'm just being a realist. Well, you're, Stop you're doing it. the bottom five. You sound like me all of a sudden. No, I'm in I'm in the gutter. I'm I'm in I'm in the outhouse. Yeah. You were in the penthouse, so uh, I feel a kind of way about it. Apparently so, but C- congrats uh, to App State. They uh, did a great job in, in Boone, North Carolina. You did a great job of hosting college game day. Yes. Can't take anything away from them. It was an awesome atmosphere. You mentioned this earlier. Boy, Sean Clifford from Penn State. Ooh, hello. That was rough. Yeah. That was a shot and at listen, Penn State rolled down on the plains at Auburn. Yeah. But still, that was a rough, rough shot that he took. The I'm gonna day. tell you like my special teams coach told me when I was in the National Football League and running down on kickoff. He said, Son, there are real killers out there. <laughs> Somebody should have gave Sean Clifford that same memo. There are real killers on that Auburn defense. Now, they lost, but that guy didn't lose. Hmm. <laughs> You feel absolutely awful for Trey Lance, who is just really getting going. And 49ers had big expectations, but he's done for the year. Had surgery today and tweeted just a few minutes ago uh, that he appreciates all of the thoughts and prayers. Surgery is success. Ready to attack the rehab prospect, uh, process. We'll never understand why, but that's all part of his plan. I'll be back better than ever. This chapter is going to make the story even greater. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. Look, I feel just terrible for him because it's a nasty injury in that moment to have your ankle broken like that and to lose your entire season. And as soon as you see the air cash, you know. You know you're in big trouble. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, the 49ers... Uh, give them credit for keeping open minds when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo uh, being an insurance policy because it's an awful nice insurance policy to have right now. No, and we also have to give credit to Jimmy Garoppolo for having you know the the confidence in himself and recognizing that there wasn't going to be a better situation out there in the NFL landscape in order to improve his value going into the 2023 offseason, Carlin. Think about it. This is a championship contending team when you look at the roster top to bottom. The biggest questions we had about the 49ers was what was going to happen with the guy under center. Yeah. We didn't know what to expect from Trey Lance, and we felt like there was a cap on how good Jimmy G could be. But here's the thing. Now that he's been thrust back into action, he has an opportunity to change the perception about him in NFL circles and earn him some nice coin in the process of doing so. The other thing that we have to acknowledge, when they reworked Jimmy Garoppolo's contract a couple of weeks ago, he put a clause in there that says he has a full no trade so he can he – can, he can veto any type of trade that they would want to make, not that they would want to trade him. But then he also has a clause in there that says that they can't franchise tag him. Yep. Which means that he can walk in free agency in 2023. So he's got a chance to set himself up, not only to make some coin this year with the escalators in that rework contract, but also the offseason of 2023. Now, what that means for the 49ers, I think they're a team that can win that division, Carlin. I really do. Even with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback, I think they're a team that can win their division. I don't quite trust the L.A. Rams. Uh, I, I look at the Arizona Cardinals, and that's a team that's a little Jekyll and Hyde because their quarterback is so up and down. And the Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith is their quarterback. Need I say more? So I, I still look at the 49ers as the class of the NFC West. You're not the only one because Vegas 
or rather Caesar Sportsbook, I should say, has increased the odds for the 49ers in terms of making them better for them to win. In other words, they were 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl before, and now they are 20 to 1. So I guess that's technically decreasing, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, Their odds are shorter. And because they think there's a better chance that they could now do it. Um, You know, with Garoppolo, I've kind of felt all along that we may end up here anyway, but that was going to be virtue by virtue more uh, of these first six weeks of the season. And if Lance wasn't playing well, but for them to be here and at least, all right, we have. Uh, an idea moving forward, what we're going to be able to do. They can structure. I don't know how much they, I'm sure they change a lot offensively with the read option, stuff like that with Garoppolo yep. as opposed to uh, Trey Lance. So this now at least gives them a chance uh, to, you know, get ready for that and know what they're going to be doing here moving forward. Yeah, I think the far more interesting thing about the 49ers is what happens after this season. Because I fully expect them to be a playoff team. But then what do you do with your quarterback spot? You're talking about the development of Trey Lance. This is a guy that hadn't really played a whole lot of football in three calendar years, Carl. And remember, his senior year at North Dakota, or his last year at North Dakota State was cut short because of COVID. He played in one game. Last year, he plays in two regular season games. This year, he's played in two regular season games. What does that do for his development as a young quarterback in the NFL not having a whole lot of snaps under his belt over the last three years. He's played one full season since high school. One full season since high school. And, and that's that tells you Listen, man, you get better at football by playing football. Yep. And, you know, the other thing, too, here is, look, if they were uh, in this position before and were content to move on from Jimmy G to Lance, I don't know that they're going to be ready to give that up just based on injury, unless he goes and does something miraculous. Mike Tannenbaum was on with us earlier today and said he thought that the 49ers ought to be working on a contract for Jimmy G sooner rather than later to see if he's interested at all in staying, because neither of the guys can stay healthy. I don't know if that's the best way to go, though. Well, here's the thing. If he gets you to another NFC Championship game, that would be three NFC Championship games in four years. That's tough to justify. I don't don't know how you move on from him if he does that. I just don't. It's tough to justify. Because you're right there. You're one of the final four teams three of the last four years with this dude playing quarterback. And if that's the case, Chris, you're not doing it for the right reasons. You know, you're not moving on from him for the right reasons. No, you're just moving on from him because you've already invested three first-round draft picks in Trey Lance. And then John Lynch is making it about John Lynch. And frankly, I would find it very difficult to believe that John Lynch would do it in a situation like that. You're winning. You've got to stick with the guy. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.